Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. There is nothing like October baseball, and we are smack dab in the middle of it as we start the Rockies park-adjusted Rockies podcast I'm your host, Mark Knutson. He's Manny Randall, my co-host from MLB.com. And Manny, I know, well, maybe I don't know if this is your favorite time of the year. Maybe March is your favorite time of the year when things are just getting rolling. I don't what What works for you? Postseason is my favorite time um, because it, it's so much is on the line. The drama, uh, you can, you know, it's it's so thick and it's, it's the storylines are, you know, they're so numerous. So I, right. I like this time of year the best. I like March because... You know, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So right. when you when you don't have baseball over the winter, you you yeah. get it's a different kind of feeling. But I, uh, I, I guess I'd have to say October. Well, it's been it's been fun already, and it's going to get funner as we get going. Uh, I want to remind yeah. people for the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars, past and present. Look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the website or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Abs, Nuggets, much much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. And speaking of sports stars, we're joined in just a couple of minutes here by the one and only Dante Bichette, or as we call him now, Bo's dad, right? He's just <laughs> Bo's dad now. Um, we'll, get dad, his, yeah. we'll get his take on the postseason. We've seen some crazy stuff happen already. We just saw something crazy happen in, the, in game three of the ALDS with, with um, the Red Sox and the Rays. And, and uh, let's just go ahead and bring Dante on board here and, and get his take on that because I, I, got, a, I got a question for him. Um, are you there, Mr. Bichette? Do we have you? Uh, we're working. The one thing I can say about the three of us, and I don't know, he's, he's sideways on my, uh, people aren't going to get to see our video on this, unfortunately, but if they could, they would see unquestionably that I have the best hair of this group of three guys. There's no <laughs> doubt I have the best hair. I mean, it's not even close. Dante used to have a nice mullet, used to have that flow going in the back. I don't know what happened. You know, grass don't grow on a busy street or something. I don't know. What, what's your excuse, D? What's, what's going on with the dome? I mean, I, I saw you on ESPN the other night and just, your head was just glistening. Well, uh, the the reason I got I shaved the hair is I went in to get my oldest uh, son's haircut when he was about ten, and the barber asked him, "How do you want your hair?" And he said, "I, I want it just like my dad." <laughs> and then he said, "But without the circle on top." <laughs> so I was looking like circle on top. Wait a second, I had him shave it right there. Yeah, I got you. I got yeah. That excuse. <laughs> okay, whatever. Hey, uh, dude, you watched? I know. Um, you're watching the playoffs like the rest of us. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing Marianne's booting for the Red Sox and you're rooting for the Rays. Am I right on that? No, I think we're both, we're both Red Sox. I think we're both really? Red Sox. 
Yeah. I know she'd be Red Sox. She's Bostonian, but. Um, she loves the Red Sox. Yeah. Well, Dante's got quite a history with, with Boston and the Red Sox, too. And they met there in Boston. Yeah, so. I'm, I was there. I was part of that Brewers team when that happened. Oh, that's I remember, right. Yeah, I, remember that's the, right. I remember the glow on his face when he came into the locker room that day. He said, what's up with you? So little, little, little do we know. Here we are 30 years later. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Dante, we saw this play. And before we get into what we're going to talk about, I've got to address this right away. We saw this play where the right fielder, uh, Hunter Renfro, took what, a ball off the wall, bounced off him and went out of, out of play and they called it a ground rule double. My first question is, if that's cool, that's the rule. Why didn't you do that for me a few times? Because we had that opportunity. <laughs> you know, we you had know Hunter Renfro tried to grab that. What was yes, he, he did. I don't know. But you, you could have certainly batted a couple of those balls that I that got hit off the wall off me and kept, saved me a few bases. I don't know why you did. I, I didn't have to, Mark. Those things went out on their own. All right, well, so. you know. Well, let, let's, okay. We won't even talk about David Justice's ball at Mile High Stadium. You're lucky you still you remember You remember a specific oh, double dude. at Mile High Stadium listen, in the regular season? Listen, he, Justice hit that ball off me so hard that it, it hit the, that cement wall at Mile High Stadium and almost killed Dante on the rectus. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember feeling really bad because, man, if he had died, I'd have been double trouble. <laughs> Uh, that, I don't know how that was like dodging a bullet when I came back off the ball. ball, ball. That right field though, in, in mile high though, man, yeah. I, I I never got to go, you know, and, and see it in person, but boy, I've been watching games. It just, that must've been a tough one to play. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. With that cement wall back there, you know, I don't know why he didn't catch it. He should have got back there and caught it in the first place, but whatever. Hey, I remember that 10 strikeout in five inning game you had in Milwaukee. Whoa. Yeah, remember that second yeah. game with the double header? Yeah, and the umpire wanted to go home. You and Walt still talk about that strike zone. Remember that, that thing was like hey. like a barn door because Uncle Ted Henry wanted to go home, so he was giving me all. You, knew, you knew what to do with it. I did. I knew. I said, if I don't have to throw over the plate, I can do that. I can definitely <laughs> do that. So I remember when you didn't. Isn't that the game you walked up to the plate and offered him your bat? Said I can't use this. You go ahead and have it. I just told because he was doing it to us. Too. I know. Oh, yeah. I he just told to him he was embarrassing himself. I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. And I bought him dinner after the game. No, I didn't. They had to take, catch a plane after that. But anyway. All right. Um, so these playoffs are exciting. I, I never you should do a through. podcast just on these old stories, Mark. Seriously, well, at some point. Well, some of, them are not, some of them are not even suited for po- suitable for podcasts. Well, they're never all suitable for po- the podcasts, but you know. I understand. I understand. Hey, Dante, um, we're watching these, these games. And, and here's what's, what struck me just watching these, these swings. And we'll talk Rockies baseball here as we get going. But um, I see guys like Zazino and, and some of these other guys. The uppercuts are crazy everybody's got an uppercut. Now I know that's the driveline thing. You're trying to lift the ball over the shift and blah, 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 blah. But man, these pitchers have just figured out, Hey, I throw the fastball at 95 over the belt. They're not touching me. And it's, it's for someone like me and maybe for someone like you, it's hard to watch. Oh yeah. It's, it's hard to watch because 150 strikeouts is like par for the course yeah. nowadays. It's not yeah. a big deal. If you, if you did that in our day, you were definitely looking for a new job. So. Yeah, no, well, let me, um, Manny, we'll let you come in here in a second, I promise. But no, go I'll, for we'll it. Go, go back to I, when I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm, go back, Dante, when you joined the Brewers, came over from California. We traded Dave Parker to the Angels. We got Dante in return. You were replacing a guy named Rob Deere. And I don't know if you knew yep. Robbie at all, but you're replacing Rob Deere. And Rob was a guy who was essentially ahead of his time because that's how Rob played baseball. It was all or nothing. He's going to swing from his heels and, and hit home run or he's going to strike out. And the fans of Milwaukee were very, frustrated by all of his strikeouts um i don't know what his old i couldn't go back i guess we could go back and look at his old ops and all these other new newfangled numbers they have manny but um he was an all-or-nothing guy so i know when dante came over initially and you're, you're doing some of the same sort of, sort of things and, and the fans were on you a lot and you didn't like that and you changed you changed your approach you went 20 some home runs your first year Next year, like six home runs and a 320 batting average is am i yeah, yeah. pretty close to what's going on and that i think was 
a proof that hitters can adjust to the way pitchers are pitching them and do something else to, to be productive. Fair? Yeah, well, well, what really happened was Tom Treblehorn kind of wanted another Rob Deere. Yeah. Uh, Rob Deere. Yeah. And he told me that. He said, I don't care what you hit. I want 25 homers and 80 RBIs. And at the All-Star break, I was doing that. I had, I had 12 homers and 40-something RBIs, and, but I wasn't hitting and I was striking out. I said, I can do that easy, just swing for the fences every time. But I lost my job that year. So the next year, it was a, I was going to cut the strikeouts down and try to be a good hitter because, if, you know, one thing that gets you in the lineup tomorrow is to be able to get a hit. Yeah. You go three, four games without getting a hit. Right. Uh, you're not in the lineup, you know? And, and so that I think was where the, your whole two strike approach thing that everybody's talked about since you came over to the Rockies was born. The fact that you said, okay, when I get here, I can do both. When I, until I have two strikes, I can swing for the fences. And when I get two strikes, I'm going to shorten up. I'm going to get a base hit. Um, you've made, that's been very public. Manny wrote about it. Everybody's talked about that. Why don't more hitters look at it that way? Why does everybody with two strikes, they're still swinging from their heels. Yeah, uh, boy, we just got off. I mean, we just got off track. I think I think what analytics has done is taught us, and we, me and Manny have talked about this a million times. Right. Like, it's taught us how to beat the average, you know, on average, you know, like the whole plate discipline and right. walk thing, you know, that beats the average. But you watch in these playoffs, the walk teams are already getting knocked out. The Yankees are out. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the, the Rays are on their, you know, on their last. Right. But the teams – the, the Red Sox, who are actually one of the most aggressive and, and out-of-zone swinging teams, they can dial it in. They know how mm -hmm. to hit tough pitches. They know how to hit for average and, and beat tough pitching. So, to me, we just got off track. We don't know what beats good pitching. We don't know how to win world championships. What we do know how to do is beat the average, and that's what mm -hmm. analytics have helped us do is learn how to beat the average, kind of get to the playoffs, you know. So, it's, it's you know, we've talked about it a lot with Manny, but it's we've lost track. Well, you know, before we go on, I'm going to, I, I, I have the book here. So I wanted to read what Mark told me um, uh, about that's this, this very subject. And I, you guys just kind of talked about it, but this is what he said. He said, I honestly thought, and I remember, actually, no, that's not it. Hold on. Honestly, after that first year in Milwaukee, when he had the home runs, but also the strikeouts, I was kind of surprised that he didn't kind of just say, this is who I am. I'm going to keep doing this. Um and he wanted to become a 300 hitter, even if it meant fewer homers. That's what Mark said uh, for the book. And it's, it's kind of, um, you know, I, I feel like there's this, there's in life as in baseball, which is the preface to a lot of things. Um, you have this pendulum and it swings way over to one side and then people figure out that that's an extreme uh, on the spectrum. And then they swing way back over to the other side because that's another extreme. And then, then they start to vacillate and finally find the middle. Um, yeah. I, my hope is, you know, because I'm, I mean, I'm an analyst guy. I mean, I, I do stack cast research. I do, I, I, I do a lot of things with advanced metrics and I see the value in them, but uh, you know, even, I mean, even for myself, I mean, when we watch all this, when we watch the three, three, three true outcomes all the time, you know, it makes for a, a less exciting baseball game. Um, and so my hope is that this is going to be like that pendulum where we figure it out. Um, and then sooner rather than later, but do you think it's going to take more than just the natural figuring out of that strikeouts are bad that, to, to get this, you know, to work? 
Well, man, first of all, I, I love it. I love the numbers. I've always, the numbers have always. Oh, I know, man. You, te- you text me often about, you know, the analytics. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not analytics. Analytics is great for the game. We just need to, we need more time to really decipher what they mean. We, we right. jumped right in and just put numbers out there and everybody, everybody wanted to create the newest formula, you know, and, right. and, and we've, we, we haven't let the ball players have a say in it a whole lot. And, and they're, they're going to say it on the field. It's going to, it's just, it's going to, you're right. It's going to come back to somewhere in between, you know, power is definitely an advantage, you know, but in, you know, there's, there's no OPS and a swing and miss. Right. So exactly. It, it's got to come back. And you know what, Manny, it already is. Teams are Good. already talking about two strike. Look at the blue Jays. I mean, we went from the third worst to the third that we were, we were the lowest strikeout team, I think, in all of baseball this year. And that took us two years to do that. So it yeah. can be done. It's a lot. Thanks to you, I'm sure, a lot of it, because uh, you, you brought that mentality and you were such a great two-strike hitter. I uh, think you know, you're, yeah, go I, ahead, Mark. I'm the, um, I'm the analytics novice here. I mean, analytics is information. Information is always good. It's what you do with it that matters. But I, I'm kind of the novice on this part, part of it. But wasn't Moneyball, the whole this birth of analytics about getting on base? Was on base percentage the number one thing they were worried yeah, about? Yeah, I mean that, so that, that, that's wouldn't, true. Wouldn't, wouldn't that make sense for guys to look at the shift, for instance, and say, "I'm going the other way because I, I can just hit a dribbler over there and get on base. I'm on base. That's the whole pur- purpose is to get on base." Yeah, I think once we introduced the the term launch angle, launch angle is not new. Um, you know, as Dante Ted Williams was doing launch angle way back in the day, he just didn't call it launch angle. Um, and it, it, you know, so, cause he was so far ahead of his time, he understood. And I remember, I remember Dante telling me, you know, when we we're talking, when we we're talking for the book about him and Bobby door and he's sitting between Bobby door and Ted Williams and, and at the, at the uh, hitters hall of fame dinner. And, and, uh, they're arguing about the swing. Like, should we go up with the swing? Should we go down with the swing? You know, Ted's saying up and Bobby's saying down and it's a classic argument. And I think. You know, the, the thing that gets the, the thing that happened with when we introduced launch angle, that term with StatCast, um, is that there's this idea that you need to you need to change your swing in a specific way to get the loft like you, you, like you have to you know dip the elbow or yeah. something like that. That that's not what launch angle is. Launch angle is how it comes off the bat. You know, it's 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 the angle at which it comes off the bat, not how you swung to get there. Um, and so Ryan Spielberg said something really interesting. I remember I was talking to Ian Desmond actually, cause he was sitting in the, all those double plays right. that, that first or that second year. And everyone was at their wits end. All the Rockies fans were at their wits end. And, and I talked to him about it, man. I was like, you know, what do you think about launching? What do you think about these things? And, and, and Spilly overheard me. And then afterward we're in the dugout and he's like, what are you, what are you, are you trying to get Ian Desmond on a launching? I said, I'm not trying to get him on it. I just want to know what he thinks. And then he said, look, and he said something really profound. He said, uh, until we learn how to take every um, section of the strike zone and, and divide it all up and say, if the baseball is here and, this t- and it's this type of pitch, this is how the bat path needs to be in order to get it to work. Until we do that, what are we doing? And so that was a, that really, you know, that and, and, and when Dante told me about, you know, when Dante first talked to me about strikeouts, that changed my mind on strikeouts, you know, cause I was the typical, well, an out's an out. Now it's not an out. I mean, no. we, I mean, when you put no. the ball in play, chaos can ensue and right. it could be good for you. So I think the launch angle thing and Mark, you have experience with this, with your kids, 
where it's like I do have experience know, every, with launch angle, but from everybody wants everybody wants to do it because they see the big leaguers, right. they see the yep. they see our stuff that we put up there, the Statcast stuff. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just this mentality that's a misconception about how launch angle is generated. Launch angle is a good thing. You want to hit home runs, but I think it's you know the pitch the, depending on the pitch, depending on the count. There's all kinds of variables there that like Dante's talked about that matter. So Dante, yeah, let me, yeah you're, yeah, you're let me teaching this differently. Well, yeah, I didn't run from launch angle, but what I taught, what I tell everybody and I I end up teaching, I'll get about four or five big league, minor league guys every off season. I don't know where they come from. I don't plan it, but I'm working with them. And I always tell them, listen, guys, you can't create launch angle. You as a pitcher, no Mark. If you throw a fat pitch, you threw launch angle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Here, here. You throw a, before well put. Well put. Yeah. If you throw a ball and they're rolling away on the corner and he tries to create launch angle, he ain't getting it. Yeah. You know, so so I always tell my hitters, hey, the pitcher will throw you launch angle. You just hit that thing hard. Okay. Yeah. And and that's how I want to it. Okay. Well, I don't want to get too much more into hitting because all I know about hitting is it didn't look that difficult from where I was standing, but nonetheless, um, Dante, Dante, be honest. what kind of a hitter was this guy? Was he, hitter. Was he, was he, was he, he like he awful? He didn't see me awful. swing a bat. I was American league, league, man. American well, league. Did you, did you, you never gotten a bat when you were with the Rockies? No, nope. Really? No, no I have, okay. I have several no. Rockies bats that are pristine. Now I could have got a bat, <laughs> an at bat with them. It wouldn't have made any difference, but no. Okay, gotcha. no I, so you, I we saved was, you, saved you embarrassment. Yes, right? Yeah. I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> very much so. Right, yeah. Very much so. Now let's talk about these teams that are playing right now and some of these series that we're, we're watching because obviously the Boston T- uh, Tampa game, epic series already, but the one that's I think has captured most everybody's imagination is the Dodgers and the Giants. Um, as a Rockies fan, as somebody you know, Rockies watchers, uh, we look at these two teams, and the first thought is, man, the Rockies have miles and miles to go to catch up with these outfits. And I said this on Twitter this week: there's not one single position on the field now since Nolan's been traded, not one position on the field where the Rockies have a better player starting every day than either the, Ro- the Giants or the Dodgers. And that includes Trevor Story because he's not better than Corey Seager or Brandon Crawford. So, I, I mean, the Rockies are – these two teams are just head and shoulders above, not just the Rockies, but almost everybody else. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I would say you're, yeah, I'd say you're right on. I mean, welcome to the National League West, yeah, West okay. and the American League East, right? Yep, yep. I mean, you got to be really good to compete in those two divisions. And, yeah, I'd say right now the Rockies are behind. Losing Arenado was huge. Trevor Story could come back, but I guess he's a free agent now. So yep. that might not happen. They, they're kind of a I – I guess you got to say they're a bit rebuilding, right? I mean, they, they do have, in Marquez, in my opinion, a really nice pitcher there. They'll well, never, they'll never admit to rebuilding. No, they they'll won't. never use the R word. It's a dirty word. Yep. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, what, what else do you call it? Right. I mean, right. it's, it's a, the Rockies, you know, um, what, what, what they, what, what happened with that, the alienation of Arenado and story, I think Mark and I don't disagree as to whether he'll nope. come back this next year, but, but you know, but take the qualifying offer, but to, uh, Mark basically is like, you know, rebuild your value after a rough season. Yep. And, uh, and, and that might very well happen. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but in the long run, Trevor story is not going to be a Rocky. I mean, there's just, because this is a, you know, he's, he's, as he's, he's gone and said it, like the team that I want to be with needs to be a team that can compete. And this team's not going to compete within the next two years. So it's a, it's, you know, they had a window in in 2018, the off season. I remember talking to Arnauto after the NLDS loss at game three, when they were swept by Milwaukee and, uh, and I and I and he said, you know, usually and in, in, it's funny because Dante that day, Dante, I, t- I texted Dante before the game and he said, 
you know, I never thought the Rockies problem would be, um, you know, at the plate, but that was yeah. what was happening. Right. Yeah. And so, and then, and Arenado said the same thing to me after the game, he's like, you know, usually in the history of this team, it's been the, the pitching that, that people would, you know, point to, but you know, it was the offense. It was us. We just, we didn't come through and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen now, but you know, we need to, we need to do better. That was when you get a, you get a first baseman that can hit, you get a corner outfielder, you get some, you, you, you augment add to what you have that already got you to the postseason two years in a row for the first time in franchise history and you add the pieces right. and the problem was that you know when you go down the list of you take out the three superstars on the team you take out Blackman and Arenado and Story or or, or add LeMahieu to that mm-hmm. you take those guys out what do you have as a supporting cast and it was it was negative war it was negative it was it was worse than if you had the 4A guys you know playing for those guys yep. and I think uh, Mark we talked about this a couple yep. of years ago it was the, only the Orioles were worse. And so the supporting, the supporting pieces weren't there. The window closed and Arnado wanted out. Right. I mean, that, and so now story, if story can't win, he's, you know, these guys aren't getting it. Nobody's getting any younger. So I think that the fact that they're letting their stars go and now, yeah, they're trying to build with these guys who you have now, but the problem is you can't project what these guys are going to do. Hey, hey Dante, if um, I know, I, I'm not going to ask you if you were the Rockies GM, because we know that was, I mean, you didn't work for him for 25 years as a, as a groundskeeper working your way up. So there's no chance you're going to be promoted, but nonetheless, if Bill Schmidt called you tomorrow and said, Dante, what should I do with this team? Where do you start? You know, I would mold that team a lot like the Blake street bombers, man. I, I would, I would, I would try to build a unique bullpen, almost like the Rays. If you remember that bullpen we had yeah. with the Rockies oh, yeah. back yep. then, we had a side armor. We had a lefty that was, you know, everybody said he was washed up in, in, uh, and Bruce Ruffin, who had a great breaking ball. We had the big breaking ball from Holmes, Laskanek with that disappearing slide. We just had it from every angle, a little bit what the Rays have had in the last few years. And veteran guys that just – you know how it is, Mark, when you pitch there, man. You can't be worried about numbers, you know? Right. And, and you gotta, you got to go for, for – not character, but you got to go for a unique kind of character. In Resil- resiliency. Field. Resiliency. you got to be able yeah, to – Yeah, yeah. Not worried – yeah. Yep. More worried about the team, more yep. winning and stuff like that. And then – and then you you know you try to develop as much as you can offensively, but you got to get big big bats, man. And you just got to bully it. teams when they come into your yard. To that's, me, you got to bully that's them. That's it, man. I've been I've been you know I've been on that kind of train because uh, for the same reason because what you guys had in '95, like yeah, it was a shortened season, but it was working. I mean, the, the Rockies have tried how many different ways of going about it. You know, piggybacking starters. You know, signing the Mike Hamptons, you know, yeah. the Denny Nagels, the, you know, the big free agent pitching, the, the Super Bowl pin. They've tried everything, right? But what had success, even though it was a small sample, was that 95 team where just keep us in it and we'll, we'll outslug them, right? And the bullpen yeah. will lock it down at the end. And, and that's what I, you know, people, there's so many people who disagree and they say, you know, no, 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 this is the pitching has to be, the, well, you have the pitching, right? I mean, the pitching is there. What you need to do is, yeah, the bullpen is an issue, a huge issue. It's probably the biggest issue with this team. But act, you know, Coors Field should not be a bugaboo for you, right? Like It, it, it should be a like bugaboo for the other team like it yeah, was when yeah. the group was it, here. Exactly. It seems like, it seems like you know, even though, you know, they want to come out and say it, the vibe around that team right now, and it's been that way for, for years, is, oh, man, we play a Coors Field. You know, it's not like they're saying it. They're not going to say it. But, you know, the fact that they had to come down from altitude and, and then go back – you know what? You're going to lose 40 games on the road every year. 
guaranteed. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, th- this isn't a personnel issue as with the hitters, right? I mean, yeah. you got you had the bombers, you had Dante and Larry and Andres and Ellis and Benny, and then you had Todd Helton, and then you had, and and, and um, Matt Holiday, and you go throughout the history of the Rockies, you had great hitters, and every year without fail. You know, the, the entire team struggled on the road, on the road compared yeah. with at home. So it's not the personnel. It's that, right? It's the issue of breaking pitches and everything else. So we, the, the Coors hangover. So if that's the case, pencil in 40 losses, all right, on the road. You need to win 60 games at home. And if, you, and if you're going to do that, you need to outslug, okay? And, and the other thing, too, what's amazing is this, this starting rotation for a while there was just phenomenal at Coors Field this year. I, I, I just – we couldn't understand what was going on. A phenomenal here – and getting you know hit hit around on the road bottom line is this place should be a place that people don't or other teams don't want to come to yeah. and not because it's going to be a 17 14 game and they got to deal with that it's because they know they're going to have it's going to be an uphill climb for them trying to keep up with the scoring from the rockies and so slug you know and the, and this team has been a light hitting team and and i think that they should go back to that well yeah. you got to find those guys that can do that they don't have them right now they have sure. a bunch of many of you and i talked about a bunch of 4a guys on this roster right now yeah. so roster building is a big thing but yeah analytics can help you find those guys with those tendencies to be big boppers right that's what analytics are supposed to be for it's information so if they yeah. can go out and that goes back to scouting and development all the things we've talked about we started out talking about tampa bay tampa bay manny and you i've talked about and dante you can concur i'm sure tampa bay finds those guys they find the guys that fit their ballpark, find the guys that fit how they want to play the game. Best, best quote I've ever heard on that, Mark. Best quote I've ever heard on that. Tampa Bay finds one war guys in the couch cushions. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. And then they put them together around the stars and it, or not the stars, but yeah, around stars, the Brandon, Lau, the Brandon Lau, you know, the guys, the big hit, you know, Randy Rosarana, these, these guys are their hitters, right? But the, the, the run producers, the guys who are going to have four or five war a year, you, you get those one war guys around them, you put that around and it adds up and the Rockies are, that's where they, they completely went off the rails. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And they've got to do a much better job personnel wise. It, it is the big boppers in that regard, Manny, because yeah, every team wants to go 500 on the road and win, you know, 55 games at home. Everybody, that's the formula for everybody when 50. Right. So if they can play 500 ball, when go 41 and 41 on the road, they're yeah. in the playoff. In the Win playoff fifty-five discussion. games at home, and, and it you're, doesn't. You're at you don't have to have the Dodgers payroll like Bill Schmidt was trying to imply the other day to be a playoff team. Tampa doesn't. Tampa wins the AL East with the twenty-sixth highest payroll in baseball. It can be done if it's done properly, and that's why I, I wish they would incorporate. And I, I made a joke about it earlier, but I wish they incorporate guys like Dante into the yeah. decision-making process here because how it was done previously successfully can be taught to other people. Right? You can tell other people. I mean. I know Dante wasn't the best circumstance of you in 2013 when you were the hitting coach here. I know um, it wasn't a great fit for you, but nonetheless, I wish they would reach out to guys like you and even guys like Todd Helton and guys who've been here and done that and had success here and say, can you help us? Can you, can you at least come to spring training and help our guys uh, learn to hit the ball hard and Coorsville take advantage of, of the, what this place has to offer? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I've actually, when I went in 13 and was a hitting coach, uh, I, I, you started, I think it's the first time people started hearing that, Hey, it's tough to go on the road and hit because of Coors Field. It used to be just, Oh, you hit better at home. People did not realize how tough it was to go on the road after not seeing a good breaking ball for 10 days and and hit on the road. And that stuff needs to be addressed. I, I, I put a special pitching machine at home in the, in the locker room, but at, you know, seven, eight years ago, you couldn't get guys to use it. The game has changed. Guys will jump in on those types of machines now and work on them. So they're, they're, you can do a lot about it. Another thing about putting boppers in the lineup, 
I mean, the fans would love it. And, sure. and oh, that yeah. would that would snowball, you know, that mm-hmm. would just snowball. Well, think this too, though. One thing I really appreciate about Don Baylor, Dante, when we had him in Milwaukee as our hitting coach, and then when he was here as the manager, he didn't sit back and wait for home runs. He was an aggressive guy on the bases too. He was stealing all, all those bases. You were stealing a lot of bases back then. People remember the home runs. They don't remember all the stolen 30, bases 30, you, and, you and Walker and all you guys had. So you can play that kind of ball on the road. You don't have to hit home runs on the road. You can play hit and run and, and steal That's bases. And you can do all those types of things. That travels. And so yeah. offense is a, is a a bigger deal than just swinging the bat. There's more to offense than that. And I wish yeah. I wish there, the Rockies would take that approach. But I think Bud tries to from time to time. You see him, they tried to steal more bases the last couple of seasons. But again, and I, and I don't want to throw Dave Magnin under the bus, but I will. I think they need a hitting coach, somebody that will approach the game with that mindset rather than just let's, you know, let's try to hit home runs. Yeah. And I actually think the power is what might travel a little better on the road than, and they did not have that this year. That's why their road to me, that's why they couldn't win at all in the road because they didn't really have any power to go on the road with them. You know, that hurts too. too. Hey, before we let you go, we got to, we only have two minutes left here. We don't want to go too long, but let's talk about these playoffs and who who you guys think are going to go for I'm going to go emotional and I'm going to pick the Brewers and the Astros in the world series since I was drafted by the Astros and, Dante and I played for the Brewers. I'm going to go with those two teams because it's kind of wide open, really, if you look at it. Although it's good. I know Manny's going to go with the Giants because it's tough to tough to pick against that outfit. Dante, who do you like? Um, I think the Astros and the Red Sox will be in, in that final. And I think the oh boy, I, you could toss a, t- a coin with the yeah. Dodgers Giants. Yep. I do think the Brewers will pull it off. I'd like to see the Brewers and the Red Sox go at it. All right. Well, that's that brings back memories for both of us, right? Yeah. How about you, man? Where are you going with this? Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I did the bracket thing and I tweeted it. It, it basically, I had, I had the uh, White Sox and Giants. I, I White Sox are fun. I thought, you know, right. actually, you know, if the Jays were in it, I probably would have done that because it would be fun to see those guys in the World Series. I mean, but, you know, uh, now I think it's, um, I got to say, I think it's going to be the Rays, unfortunately, because really? of all of the things, kind of some of the things that we talked about. That That's a team that, um, they just figure out a way to do it, get it done and a way to win without, you know, without us knowing how it happened. And, you know, if yeah. that's the, I mean, if that's the case and the Rays and the Giants go to the world series, we're going to have two teams that it's like, what, how do they do it? You know, especially the yeah. Giants. I mean, nobody, I mean, some, you know, somebody texted me the other day, like, can you tell me something people don't know about the Giants that, you know, statistically that, you know, that they're doing, I was like, I I've been trying to do that for months, man. <laughs> I, I've been trying to figure out a, like a, 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 a kind of a breakthrough story to write, you know, and, um, I can't, I just don't, I mean, everybody, you know, Posey's have, you know, he's rejuvenated after that year off. He's, he's like MVP style guy, you know, Buster Posey Crawford's having a career year. Levin Longoria is back. You know, it's like the, the old guys are having the career years and it's just, you know, and Gossman, you know, is amazing. And, and their pitching staff is, you know, Disclafani guys who you didn't not necessarily expect, expect to do what they're doing or doing it. So giants and Rays for me. Um, and, uh, but I, like you said, it's wide open. could be anybody. Hey Dante, before we wrap it up, um, can we, can we, as Rockies fans ever fantasize about the day when Bo Bichette is a Colorado Rocky? <laughs> well, that's a loaded question. No, he's talked about it. He has talked mm-hmm. about it. So yeah. Um, you know, at the end, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. We'll I, see. I, I still remember that time we were up in steamboat. Remember you brought your traveling team up to steamboat and I was doing TV up there and you had this team of giants and there's a little bow in the middle, a little guy. And you looked at me and you said, he's the best player on this team. It's not even close. I said, nah, yeah. on. those guys are huge. And he's a little guy. Nah, yeah. he was the best player on the team. He really was. And he was, we had a lot of fun up in the steamboat that time. Um, and then seeing yeah. him in spring training with Benny hitting him rockets at third base. 
um, you could just see what was going on there. And, and stardom has, has, has arrived. Congratulations to you and Marianne yeah. on that, because I know that's a thrill for you guys. It's, it's been so much fun and so much fun watching Bo and do what he's doing. And uh, I remember Dante, you know, I was down in Florida and I, we were thinking about when, when uh, I was asking about when they might call him up and uh, you know, and then he got hurt obviously, but uh, Dante was as modest as, as modest can be. And I had, I didn't know what we were going to see and what we've seen is a star. I mean, like, this is a guy that, you know, is, is amazing. I'm going to plug the book because I'm on the podcast and I can. Yeah. Yes, so, please. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, Dante, hey, one of they, these coming hey, your way. They can't see Great, this but, video audio yeah, only. No, no, I'm just showing Dante. One okay, of these is coming right. your way. Uh, Blake Street Bombers, go to amazon.com. Second uh, edition, Larry Walker Hall of Fame edition copy and, uh, and, and grab that if you don't have it. Oh, okay. The second edition. All right. Great. Yeah. Awesome. He's, yeah. Boba, he's Boba Shett's dad. He used to play a little ball himself. <laughs> um, now, now he's a coach, aren't we all? Dante, thanks. We'll talk again and we'll have you on in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Dante. Okay, as always. Guys, fun, Appreciate man. it. Thanks very Bye. much. Man, that's going to wrap it up for this time. we got playoff baseball to watch, and we'll be back yes, next sir. week. We'll talk some more about uh, what's gone and, and everything inevitably comes back to watching the Rockies and comparing the Rockies to these teams. It's not a good comparison <laughs> right. right now, but maybe there's some ideas out there we can latch on to and hope that uh, down the road um, – something that's incorporated that's helpful that's the question will it get incorporated because it's out there you know and the question is will the rockies look outside of themselves and say here are some things that we don't like and here's some things that we do like and let's try to pull this in and leave that out rather than we're going to do it our way our way or the highway uh, among the, the the things you just mentioned is the worst trait of this organization which is looking outside themselves they just yeah. don't want to do they that don't do it and let's hope that maybe bill schmidt has brought in some people that will will convince him that they have to do that because yeah, otherwise... he made a couple of, he made a couple of extensions that were right off the bat, like the day after the regular season ended. And, and that were good ones in my opinion. And I think yours too, with uh, locking down yes, since it's off for 10 million a year. And then CJ Crone, we talked about how that was the first yep. priority. Yep. And uh, so he, he got that done. So good for him for that. And that, yep. that, that, that gives a little hope. I mean, that's not exactly going out and getting free agents, but it's a, it's movement in the right yep. direction. I hope you're right. All right, man. Hey, a lot of fun. We'll get yes, Dante out again. We'll have Ellis on yep. pretty soon. And we'll answer the inevitable question. Were you out at third? Yes. Yeah. We'll get time to do that next time. All right, man. Take care. Thanks. Next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.